Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeart Media. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. And sometimes the amount of stories that make their way to us means that we simply can't cover everything that comes our way. But from time to time, a story just stays with me, and I feel compelled to share it with you and give you my thoughts. And now, one more thing. On this show, I have been very critical of policing as it's done in this country. In fact, I've said that many times. Um, I think that being critical of an institution that has its roots in white supremacy and where the data shows us consistently that there are anti-black and anti-brown biases in the practices and policies the outcomes shaped affect individuals, families, and communities. I think that being critical of the institution of policing is effectually a way of calling out gaps and compelling this system to be better and to do right by us. Once upon a time, I had a conversation on this show about police chases and how police chases are not nearly as effective as we might think and indeed the consequences of the police chases that often end up affecting the lives of everyone including the officers for those who are inclined to back the blue, so to speak. And several times on this show, I have explained at length how the carceral system and indeed the entirety of the criminal justice system is a very different system for black people seeking to get answers, 
looking for justice, looking for accountability. These are things that have been in place long before I was born. And I'm sure you know them very well if you're listening to this show at this point. But again, we have talked about that on this show as well. So today we're going to have a conversation at the intersection of all of these things. First, I'll give you a little bit of background. For people that kind of dismiss police pursuits as some sort of necessary element that exists in our society, uh, to that I say it is not. There are other countries around the world where they recognize that if a person is going to flee from the officers in a vehicle, that that action presents more of a danger to the public and to the officers and to the individual fleeing than is worth the risk. And so they don't even pursue, believe it or not. This is true in Japan. If you're running, going too fast, the police will not even chase you. They have other tactics. They do police work. They investigate. And of course, the consequences are higher. They're more severe if you choose to flee from the officers. But critically, no additional people are endangered. And the fact of the matter is that in this country, at least the data that I've come across, I believe it comes from the state of California, uh, it shows that law enforcement apprehends fleeing suspects at a rate of about 57.6%, meaning that there are over 40%, more than four in 10 police chases, don't even result in someone being captured. And of those 57.6, it's in that number that we find people were captured or apprehended because of crashes, because of some other sort of impact on the community. And then, of course, you know, people get flat tires and run out of gas, police tactics, and that sort of stuff. I don't want to be unfair here. But because I don't want to be unfair, I do want to talk to the people who are more conservative minded, people who feel like, well, this is just what we need to do to get criminals off the street. The police need to be able to do their jobs unencumbered by bureaucracy and rules and whatever, whatever it is these people think. Um, and I don't want to sound dismissive, but so to be fair, this is, this is true. People do feel this way, but the fact is, is that the risk and the cost is too high. High speed pursuits expose police departments to a high risk of loss of life. This means lawsuits. This means uh, officers being injured and killed. Uh, personal, um, there's, there's personal cost to the police departments and the officers themselves, not to mention the community, to innocent bystanders, to the individuals fleeing, to people in their cars who may not be culpable. This doesn't include property damage. So there's a lot at risk here when the police decide to chase. And the truth of the matter is that there's really no excuse, certainly not today, with the technology that we have, with drones, with helicopters, with cameras on every street corner, with a modicum of police work. We can save lives. And indeed, there are departments around this country who have opted to do just that. 
they realize that the injuries and the deaths and the property damage is not worth the risk. That that a little bit of police work over a little bit of time can end up apprehended uh, an individual who has chosen to flee. The consequences, of course, are higher. And there's, again, less of an impact on society. Well, as I mentioned, there is an intersection in today's conversation, and that intersection lies at the point where people who are often black and brown, marginalized, poor people end up wanting answers, wanting information, wanting accountability. This is a word that we know all too well in the black community. For so long, police have been able to do whatever it is that they do with no accountability. Qualified immunity insulates officers. Public opinion of what police should be able to do has insulated officers from consequences of dangerous actions, of violent actions. And it's even worse for black and brown people in this country. And today, my guest is Shondell Flowers. And she is a woman who found herself at this intersection of police chases and a lack of police accountability. She lost her daughter, India Atkins, on May 13th, 2023, and since then has been on a journey to try to get justice for her daughter. So she is here with us today to share her story and hopefully inform us on ways that perhaps we can help as well. So welcome to the show, uh, Shondell. We appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. So do us a favor. Tell us um, from the beginning. You know, uh, for those that don't know, I know that this was covered in the media, but for those of us that don't know, um, start from the beginning. Uh, tell okay. us about India. On May the 13th, 2023, um, India was living with my mom in Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Mom received a phone call and um, her voicemail picked up. When she played back her voicemail, my mom listened to police sirens and police yelling. So she called my daughter, my oldest daughter, and me and mm-hmm. said something's going on. She heard police sirens and she doesn't know where India is. She can't find India. That's my daughter. Mm-hmm. So then we find out my daughter was at work at McDonald's on Hacks Crossroad and Chevy in, in um, Memphis, Tennessee. It's her first job ever. She okay. was 16, still in high school. Mm-hmm. Good student. She always made good grades, never had to study anything. So she was excited about her first job. She went to work on her day off on May the 13th. She didn't have to work. So she went out, her and her friends planned on working together that night. Mm-hmm. So she went to work. And when she got off work, my mom usually picks her up from work every night. This particular night, my mom was busy. She told my daughter to catch a Uber home. My daughter called the Uber. But a kid, a boy from her school that she went to school with came to McDonald's and ordered food and he offered her a ride home. She got in the vehicle with him and she died within the next 10 minutes of getting in the the vehicle. Shelby County Sheriff got behind the vehicle. The boy 
did not stop. He wouldn't stop to let my child out. He just kept going, so they pursued the car. The medical examiner told me the car got up to 90 miles per hour. India was ejected from the front window of the vehicle while I was going at high speed. <clears throat> her body flew and hit the utility pole and the vehicle ran her over. Uh, the phone called my mom that night so we know that the phone was on the scene. The officer told me they never found India's phone, but somebody answered the phone and told my mama she was gone. Nobody could get on the scene because soon as the accident, it was a three-car accident. Soon as the car hit the first car, it spent, it hit another car, then it hit the utility pole, and it overturned. The first car that the car hit, I spoke to the guy. And he told me that it was a um, 10 second delay from the car coming and then the, the sheriff's department truck right behind it. It was a 10 second delay on them getting to the scene. Um, they gave me a seven page police report. That's not a real report. It doesn't tell me anything. It just said the names of the people that was in the accident, the counter car and where the accident occurred. It had a statement from only one um officer, Deputy Crystal Davis, C. Davis, but she told me she wasn't on the she wasn't involved in the chase. She just arrived to the scene. So I wanted to know why her statement is the only statement I have on the police report. They refused to give me the officer names involved that tried to pull the vehicle over. They refused to give me the body cam footage of the night. They refused to give me the dispatch audio so I can hear when the officer called in and asked for permission to chase the car. They had no permission to chase the car. The boy stole the car from an elderly white couple who I also spoke to several times. They stated that he stole the vehicle. He ran up under the carport and he jumped in the vehicle and pulled off with no weapon involved. So if he didn't have a weapon, it wasn't a reason for them to chase that car because it wasn't a felony. But he was a, he had stolen the same vehicle before, previous. Mm -hmm. The previous time he did have a weapon because this is what the couple told me whose vehicle it was. That the boy, he was really a terrorist to them. They were terrified of their life, but they continued to let this juvenile out. If he would have been held accountable, he wouldn't have been out to be able to do what he did that night that took my daughter's life. And if it was so important for them to chase that car, why did he only get charged with vehicle homicide and get three to six months in a boy's home? Nobody's being held accountable for my daughter being dead. This is my baby. This all I have of my 16-year-old. He can get out. He can still live his life. She had plans. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot B-I-N. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So... Listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. That was all took away from her, from me, from her siblings. That we'll never get back. I don't even know what happened that night still. I'm still just as lost as anybody else. I spoke to the detective that had their name on us police report they were very rude telling me what I gotta prove and how they can't be held accountable but the laws down there say clearly you have to call and get permission to chase and it has to be a felony or worth other people's lives they killed an innocent 16 year old girl getting off of work and nobody even told me they sorry it's just get over it we had a right to chase. My daughter died the worst way you could possibly think. 
when I got the medical examiner report back, I asked for the medical examiner report from the beginning. India died on May the 13th. I got the medical examiner report back, um, like September, the beginning of September. They kept telling me it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. I, I had to quit my job, went to Memphis, moved down there just for like two months to try to see if I can fight for my daughter and do protesting. It was absolutely nothing I can do while I was down there. They gave me the medical examiner report that obviously says that it was a police pursuit that they wouldn't say to me when I kept asking them, was the police chasing the car? Ma'am, we can't tell you that. That's all they kept telling me. But I knew it was a pursuit because they didn't know my daughter's phone called my mom. My mom said and let our whole family listen to the recording. If you just arrived on the scene of a crime, or a car crash, per se, or what they say. How do you know that boy was a criminal for you to be yelling at him, telling him to get the elf down on the ground? He tried heard, to try to run. You heard that on the uh, the phone call, right? Yes. And I heard a female officer, she walks up to the vehicle and she says, oh, my. And then the phone hung up. But nobody, the DA, Murrow, Steve Murrow, he claimed it was no phone found. He insisted on he don't think what he don't think his officers would do. And I asked him, did he watch the tape? No, he haven't. So how can you tell me what happened that night if you don't even know? I don't know what happened. The medical examiner report say my daughter's head spent around. Her nose was chopped off. I couldn't identify her. I didn't even have the option to identify her. It wasn't even an option for me to be able to see her one more time. And I feel like because she was a black girl, they brushing it under the rug because they told me because she agreed to accept that ride home. There's nothing I could do. What? Wrong did she do in accepting a ride home that's 15 minutes from her job? She died right by my mom's house. She was going straight home. Okay. Um, obviously, this is um, a really heavy thing to recall. Um, and I appreciate you sharing this with us because... This gives us an aperture, those of us who are not intimately familiar with the criminal justice system, it gives us some insight into how the blue wall of silence works. Not just one officer not telling on another, but indeed how the system works. You know, you, you mentioned you had to wait a long time for the medical examiner's documents. I'm sure you had to wait and wait for a lot of these documents, right? But when I got the document, it was signed off on May the 16th, three days after she died. It was already ready. Yeah. They just telling me and trying to hold me off so it can just get swept under the rug. When I first, when the story first got aired to Fox 13 News, I reached out to them because they aired the story as, um, a person died and a one child taken to Le Bonner and a car accident. They didn't say it was a police pursuit. 
they tried to really sugarcoat what really happened that day. They um told my mom that they removed her body out the street. That's why we had family on the scene the night it happened. My it was a lot of my family members made it to the scene, but it was blocked off. The guy who car hit, he said they snatched him out of the car and removed him from the scene immediately so he could really barely see what was going on. But he said once he found out a 16-year-old little girl died, he said he dropped his knees and started crying because he couldn't believe that he was involved in the crash. But they tried to make him think it was two kids in the stolen car. When India got out, the record show, her job record show, everything proved she had just got out of work and she died right after she got in that vehicle. The boy was a troubled child anyway. What I'm finding out, they won't tell me who his parents are. It's like everything is so closed-knit. I've been... Out of the loop, they told the couple who Kari was more information than they told the child mother who died. They were very rude. I went to the prosecutor's office, and he tried to guide my son to say that the goal is to rehabilitate the kid. India had never been in trouble in her life with no police, with nobody other than me. India was terrified. I'm pretty sure she knew she was going to die. <laughs> if it's not the little boy's fault, and it's not the police's fault, then whose fault is it? That's a good question, because I think you're right. When we talk about qualified immunity and the way police are insul insulated from the consequences of their actions, the way, at least in this story in particular, you haven't been able to find out whether or not they were um, allowed to chase the vehicle, then that casts some doubt on things as well. Right. And then I think that overall, it, it's not inconceivable. It's not hard to imagine that if your daughter had been white, a white 16-year-old girl, that the whole experience with the police department might have been a little bit more fruitful. It, it's easy to imagine, I'm sure, that people would be more willing to help, more I apologetic. That, I said that to an attorney. I told him if I was a white woman and my daughter was white, then I'd have justice. And we went back and forth for a second. He asked me, was I calling him a racist? And I told him, I'm just calling it like I see it. And he agreed with me. He mm -hmm. said, he hate to say it, but I'm right. Because mm -hmm. an accident did happen in Memphis similar to my daughter's accident, there was a white girl, but her body cam footage was aired immediately. Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting on body cam footage that every time I get somebody requested for me, they tell me I can't, they don't have it. Mm -hmm. I don't live in that state, so I had to get an attorney that'll take the case to even for me to even get a step forward. And I know, like, from the minute they seen my daughter on that scene and realized that they made a mistake, probably pit maneuvered the back of that car and killed the innocent child, they immediately went into cover-up mode. That's why they don't want to give me my daughter's phone back. 
That's why they took forever to give me the uh, medical examiner report that was ready three days after my daughter passed, but they made me wait for it. That's why they tried to air the story on the news like they did. And when I asked the detective, why did y'all air that story on the news? And I said it was a police chase, and she was like, uh, you have to talk to the news people, not me. I'm, I'm not, I don't work for the news. Very rude. But you told them what to air. So what are you talking about? How's you being mad at the child mother that you y'all killed? My daughter dead. A child that never been through the system in her life. Never been in the back of a police car. Never been into nothing. How is she dead? How is that possible? I didn't see my own daughter funeral. The whole time I was outside laying on the ground trying to breathe. I could not be in there. I still haven't watched the video of it. It took every piece of wind out of me for my child to be gone when my child was a good kid. The only thing she did wrong was accepting a ride home. Now she'll never be here again. And then for her to die the way she died, I'm not going to stop till I get justice. I want the officers' names involved, and I want them brought to justice. I want them to be criminally charged for chasing a vehicle without permission, for one. If it was a felony, that boy would be doing more time than three to six months in a boy's home. He could get out and live his life and my baby dead, but y'all chase that car to the death of her to get him just to let him back out? How do that even make sense? Well, this story shows once again how the system has failed you. Uh, and oftentimes fails our people, at least here on this show and on this network, we value black life. We believe that black life is sacred. And if I may, I, I, I would like to ask if there's any way that, you know, we, our listeners, is there any way that we can help? Maybe there's a GoFundMe. Maybe there's some way that we can donate to a legal fund, anything like that that you have. I have a GoFundMe set up, um, Justice for India Aikens. I, I can send you the link. Um, okay. let's spell it out too. Um, Justice for India. I-N-D-I-A. A-K-I-N-S. Okay. On GoFundMe, you can search India Aikens and, uh, make a contribution. Um, so let's do this. Uh, I don't want to compel you to stay in this moment and, and, and I don't want to compel you to relive this trauma any more than I'm sure you already have. So I will do my best, you know, send that link over. We'll include it into the, uh, the notes for today's episode. Uh, if anyone wants to support and, um, we'll stay in touch, you know, let's, you know, you have my information, you have Chris's information. Let's stay in, in contact as you continue to, uh, seek justice for India. Um, just keep us in the loop and we'll continue to have this conversation. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of other people around the country, black women in particular, who have similar stories or unfortunately will experience similar stories. And 
to know that there is some connective tissue here and perhaps a degree of understanding. I'm, I'm sure that matters. Actually, the city of Memphis is like an infestation of what I just said. Children mm-hmm. dying at alarming rates, the police chasing them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they dying all day, every day, same fashion. The police chasing kids that can't even drive cars instead of finding other sources the way to get them instead of chasing down cars where civilians at it's innocent people dying in that city right now because of police chasing and it's getting it's so bad i've never seen nothing like it in my life sure sure well um again we will um continue to report on this i appreciate your bravery uh for today's conversation and um let's make sure that we we uh follow up and and continue to support you on your quest for justice for India. So with that in mind, uh, Shondell Flowers, I thank you for your time. And, you know, if you have any thoughts about today's conversation, of course, you can reach out to me using uh, any social media at Ramses Ja, or you can use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. But let's keep the conversation going. Seem like nobody's listening to me. I'm just screaming and nobody can hear me. So I really appreciate you. No, no, I'm definitely listening. So with that in mind, um, we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thank you. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show is produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I'm your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you. And how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.